Arlington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. This is going to be a heavy one. You've been warned. I started this show because I saw a disturbing series of events that appeared to be leading all in the same direction. It went on long enough, I had to start saying something. As things have progressed, I've tried not to pigeonhole the show by harping on the same topics over and over, but if you pay attention to the intro, you have a pretty good idea what concerned me enough to get on here. That intro isn't just a bunch of catchy sound bites all mashed together. It was meant as a clear message of both warning and hope. We're in a revolution. That is a reality all of America needs to wake up to and come to terms with. We aren't on the brink of revolution. We aren't in danger of revolution. We are in one. If we don't face it, it will overcome us in our sleep. It has started. It is happening. We have all the boxes checked. We have sustained violent agitation in the streets. Antifa and Black Lives Matter are the militant arms of a communist-based revolution that started well over a decade ago and took full form with the advent of COVID and the death of George Floyd. Just because CNN and Yahoo News aren't covering a lot of it, or are selectively covering it, doesn't change the reality that violent rioting has continued unabated for over a year now. Supported by wealthy benefactors, traitorous district attorneys letting violent rioters free, and high-profile Democrat politicians raising funds for them and emboldening them. We have a unified propaganda message coming from all of our major cultural institutions, mainstream news, entertainment artists, teachers' unions and universities, the technology gatekeepers that decide what information we have access to and what conversations we are allowed to have in the public square. Their unified message is that America is, and has been, evil from its roots, and should be torn down. In politics, we have the Democrats and Rhinos working together desperately to make us first helpless, and then desperate, so that, as things get worse, we'll embrace them and their power grab as our salvation from ruin. In my opinion, we are unquestioningly in a revolution. What we are not in is open civil war. Let's try to keep it that way. If there has been an underlying message in the episodes to this point, it is that war is avoidable. Not by toleration or acquiescence. The Neville Chamberlain delusion will only hasten the advance of evil. But by restoration. Restoration of the principles and values this nation was founded on. Restoration of faith in, reliance on, and obedience to God. Restoration of our firm determination to preserve the blessings of liberty for ourselves, our children, and our grandchildren. I honestly believe that if we continue this pattern of tolerance and deference that has defined the last 60 years or more, that open civil war is inevitable. Not only inevitable, but just around the corner. 
Our nation was founded on the idea of compromise, but it's critical to understand that we compromise on matters of taste and opinion, not on matters of principle. We have compromised our principles until our nation has ceded nearly all of them and immolated herself in debauchery and lies. I do not believe for a moment that the Founding Fathers intended us to compromise on matters of principle or morality. Don't forget the warning from Benjamin Franklin, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. We've tolerated, compromised, and deferenced ourselves to the brink of failure. Once upon a time, the left and right could find common ground and could work together there. The right has actually moved quite a bit left in the last 60 years or so, so you'd think there would be more overlap, more common ground. But the left has moved so unacceptably far to the left that there's no longer any meaningful middle ground, only a continually widening chasm. On one side, you have Americans who believe the Constitution is the best foundation for government man has ever implemented and that we should stick to it and the principles it was founded on. On the other side, you have a very well-organized coup against the Constitution and its principles who are successfully implementing some of the oldest, most destructive tactics of power consolidation and mass enslavement known to history. One side wants to preserve America and what she stands for. The other side wants to destroy the Constitution so they can stand atop the rubble heap when it's over. We need to learn the lessons of COVID. We need to learn the lessons of World War II with the Japanese internment camps. We need to learn the lessons of every serious crisis we've seen in the last hundred years. We're just one major crisis under just the wrong circumstances from atrocities we now consider unthinkable. There's no position of compromise here. There's no meaningful middle ground. And those attempting to overthrow the American Constitution are demonstrating their intentions clearly. They're in the open. They're not hiding. They're not coy. They feel no accountability. Because there hasn't been any. How is it so many Americans are blind to what is happening all around them? We have to be more diligent in our news sourcing. It's easy to flip on the TV and watch CBS or MSNBC or CNN. It's easy to get online and read Yahoo News or the New York Times or whatever Google or Facebook puts in front of you. It takes a bit more work to find and compare reliable articles on a subject and form reasonable conclusions. Ain't nobody got time for that, right? This lazy intellectualism is a big part of how we got here. So many articles read, so many news blurbs watched, so little to show for it. China has the Great Firewall to prevent its citizens from getting information the Chinese Communist Party, who runs China, doesn't want their people finding out about. Here in America, we have big tech gatekeepers working overtime to narrow the stream of information to only what they want us to know. I cited a study in a previous episode that demonstrated the election would have flipped by a wide margin had the general public known about the Hunter Biden laptop. That information was successfully suppressed by the big tech gatekeepers. Meanwhile, the mainstream media is feeding the masses a constant stream of distractions, propaganda, and division. Hat tip Tim Poole for bringing to my attention an MSNBC interview where a sitting member of the New York Times editorial board ranted about how flying the American flag is disturbing, how it makes her feel like those people are claiming the United States for themselves exclusively and telling minority groups they don't belong here. 
It's a message we've heard over and over. America is racist and xenophobic and oppressive and has been from its roots. It's an insane message, but intentionally so. It's another attack on our way of life and the good that we are capable of. If only we realized we were so capable. All to destabilize our nation and make it weak enough to overthrow. The left is continually portraying America's virtues as evil, and everyday people are hearing it enough, they begin to believe it must be true. As the vice puppet, I mean, vice president said, They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware, because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. So what happens when you have a person or a group so determined to get something they can't have? There's a hierarchy of force available when one is trying to get their way. On the lighter side of that hierarchy is persuasion and debate. As one moves up the hierarchy, one comes across less desirable and more forceful means like threats and intimidation. Then, further on up, comes physical violence. At the pinnacle of this hierarchy is deadly force, literally killing and eliminating your obstacles. If someone wants something and they're unwilling to relent, eventually their only recourse is physical force, physical violence. This is why nations go to war. What happens when the Democrats control the federal government and try to impose something that red states put a hard no on, and the Democrats aren't willing to concede? What happens if Republicans regain control of D.C. and do something that the left will not abide? What happens if Biden's puppet masters decide it's time to disarm America? They've talked about it openly. What if they decide to get into an intolerable alignment with the Chinese Communist Party? It seems they've already been funding gain-of-function research for the Chinese military. What if Republicans succeed in banning abortions as a form of birth control? What happens if Iran attacks Israel and the left refuses to back them? Or the right insists we back them? What happens if China beaches Taiwan and the left refuses to back them? Or the right insists we uphold our alliance? What happens when one side believes they are an unstoppable force? and the other believes they are an immovable object. I can assure you, neither will ever be true. When a person or group wants something they're not getting, and they're unwilling to concede, eventually their only recourse becomes physical violence. There are plenty of issues on the table for the left and the right that one side or the other is unwilling to concede. There's a lot of work to do to straighten ourselves out before we find we've run headlong into one of those issues we cannot compromise on. Because when we do, the only recourse of the other side will be physical force. We are fortunate that so many millions of Americans are determined to remain free. There's a reason I'm not entirely consumed by concern of Soviet-style enslavement. The Russian people were subjected to a government that would kill them or send them to a gulag at their fancy. The Russian people were largely disarmed, largely helpless, and in utterly desperate circumstances. Due process was a joke, and the government was so completely saturated with bullies, criminals, and thugs that the people really had nowhere to turn. Frankly, here in America, I think the deck is stacked too much in our favor for that. At the very least, 
I don't think we'd transition seamlessly into that kind of hell. Those who love the Constitution are too many and too heavily armed. America as she was intended to be will not go quietly. But we do not want war. If we get an internal war, it will be because we were negligent while the sun was shining. War is an awful, heartbreaking thing. It is nothing more or less than the worst mankind can do to each other. It is defined by destruction and pain, torturous, soul-rending screams, broken men, families, what remains of them, living in rubble and despair, starving, screaming, bloodied children searching for their parents, wives waiting for news of their husband's inevitable demise, husbands coming home from battle to find a crater where their family had slept, ordinary citizens sorting the severed pieces of their neighbor's children for burial, starvation, disease, hate, pain, and despair. These are the fruits of war. I fear movies and television have too far removed us from its reality. It is gruesome, desperate, terrifying, and heartrending. And in a civil war, the kind of civil war we would face here, you wouldn't be fighting a foreign other. You'd be fighting people from across town, people you'd seen at the grocery store or at your favorite restaurant. You'd be killing people you know, Or, if you didn't, they'd be killing you. This, this is why I started the podcast. Because I believe this scenario is avoidable if we play our cards right, if we diligently work to preserve the Constitution and the principles it was founded on. If we stop tolerating and deferring to those who are corrupting and destroying our home. And I'm not even getting into direct action in politics. I'm not talking about getting involved in your parties. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But politics is downstream from culture. And we have to change our culture. The worst is avoidable. But if we continue our self-imposed slumber, our tolerance of clear evils, our willful blindness and naivete, I believe the worst is not only unavoidable, but inevitable. So what do we do about all this? I have only a couple of suggestions at the moment. Step one, and I've said this before, we have to fix ourselves. Hat tip Dr. Jordan Peterson, we have to right the things we know are wrong in our own lives. Who you are and who you are becoming has far more impact on your sphere of influence than anything you might intentionally do. You may have a vision of how you want to influence people you know, Yet, the impact of that vision will pale in comparison to the influence of the choices you make, what you stand for, and the way you treat people. There's a quote attributed to Gandhi. I have no idea if it really came from him or not, but its relevance is self-evident. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Notice that doesn't say, be the way you want other people to be. It specifically refers to the change you want to see in the world. If you want the world to be kinder, be kinder, and the world will be a little kinder. If you want the world to be educated, be educated, and the world will be a little more educated. If you want the world to stop tolerating lies, power grabs, perversions, and other evils, then stop tolerating them yourself, and the world will be a little bit more intolerant of lies, power grabs, perversions, and other evils. When I stop tolerating evil, and you stop tolerating evil, and others as well, and our spheres of influence begin to overlap, that changes the world. 
Don't be aggressively confrontational. That's counterproductive. But don't be deferential either. That's how we got here. Stand for your principles. That brings me to step two. We have to stop tolerating evil as a society. Sexual perversion has infected nearly every corner of our entertainment. It's in our movies, our books, our commercials, the YouTube videos available at the touch of a screen. It's displayed grotesquely in Super Bowl halftime shows, award shows, and in some places in your third graders' textbooks. Critical theory is spreading its tentacles and its lies through most major corporations and too many small businesses. Be informed and know your stuff so you can stand your ground. Know what options you have to eject this fraud from your workplace, legally and with civility. Why are all these things happening? Because we tolerate them. One example. As a society, we turn a blind eye to the murder of nearly a million children each year. Do you know how many Americans have died in combat in all the wars we have ever fought combined? A little over 660,000. Now that's a lot, but we kill more innocent children in our society every eight months. Every eight months. In eight months, we kill more innocent children than the total count of all Americans who have ever died in combat since our inception. Abortion as a form of birth control is evil. It is the sin of our generation, just as slavery was the sin of the generation who fought the last civil war. The Union did not begin to prevail until they addressed the issue of slavery. And until abortion is resolved... I believe we have no hope of prevailing in our day. And that includes a war with China. Every day it looks like we're closer to war with China, and I believe if that happens, we will be beaten and beaten again until we stop murdering innocent children wholesale. It cannot be permitted to continue. So what's step three? I have no idea. I don't have all the answers but I've got a good place for us to start. I really believe we can avoid an internal war. That's the primary reason I'm on here. But I also believe complacency will make it inevitable, which is another reason I'm on here. I'm not going to get on here and try to tell you I have the solution to all that ails us. Not the specifics, anyway. I mean, if, as a nation, we turned back to God, that would pretty much do it but I can't give you a step-by-step map of how we get from here to full restoration of constitutional principles in America. What I'm saying is that the cozy days of keeping up with the Joneses are ending, and I believe the longer we try to hold on to them, the more tragic that ending will be. This doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It certainly could be, but it doesn't have to be. An era is ending, but what the next one looks like is up to us. Let's not have to explain to our grandchildren how we idly gave up their inheritance to grifters and madmen. To that end, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. (laughs) 